fair to say that the sort of apex of development is becoming a mentor to the next generation. And I also think it's one of those things that seems to be unavoidable. The question really comes down to whether or not we acknowledge it. And probably more importantly than that even is the type of mentor that we become. So with that in mind, I suspect it's more likely that we'll become a good mentor if we actually acknowledge that and embrace the qualities that would make us an admirable mentor, which as far as I can tell are uh, honesty, integrity, courage, compassion, providing encouragement, like I mentioned in a previous one. All of these can certainly be practiced every day, although it seems to me that one of them that can be a challenge to practice would be that of courage. It's a fascinating one to me. Trying to get my mind around what courage means. I think, I think in a strange kind of way, it's sort of a good companion to compassion. Uh, compassionate courage, that idea, I think is, is very admirable. Uh, because obviously it has to be balanced. And it goes back again to what uh, we were talking about before, about when to stand and when to sit. As I was thinking about this, it brought to mind this book that, to be honest, I haven't finished the book. I'm still working on it in, in bits and pieces. It's called The Courage to be Disliked. The title itself I really liked, and it drew me in. I suppose the layman way to say that would be not giving a shit which is something that I actually discovered the power of it when I was quite young. In high school, I remember just having this epiphany that if I don't give a shit what people think about me, it is somehow freeing. It allows me to do what I want without reservation, without fear of what others think of me. It was a very... I mean, it was meaningful enough to me that I still remember it now 30 years later, you know? Uh, that being said, the book to this point hasn't really talked much about that per se. I mean, it's been, don't get me wrong, it's had lots of interesting points. It's, what is it, Adlerian psychology, I believe? The idea is that we move towards goals. So whatever our goals are, whether we sort of know it or not, that's in essence what we're working towards. And it's so far about trusting yourself not seeking the approval of others, and these types of things, which is an interesting kind of courage that I think allows us to integrate integrity. Again, as much as I say courage and compassion are intertwined, I think integrity is perhaps even more so built into courage, because that is about having the strength to stand up for things when it feels like the world is against you. While I suppose it's probably useful to acknowledge that fear has a purpose and a reason for existing within us uh, evolutionarily, I think it's also fair to say that we don't tend to make the best decisions when we're overcome by fear. So to that end, it makes sense to learn to take control of our fears which is obviously a big part of courage. And it's knowing, it's pushing through things even though they've elicited some fear in us. There was an interesting, I wanted to say book, but I'm not sure that it was a book. What was it I was, oh, you know what? It had something to do with, I believe it was, was it Aristotle? 
sorry, this is just, I, it's, it's coming to me as I'm thinking about it. It was talking about the virtue of courage and the concept that it was either Plato or Aristotle. One of the two of them were, were talking about this. I know that Aristotle talked a lot about ethics, so it may well have been him. But the idea was th they were talking about courage, and it, they were the question being posed at that time is, are virtues built into us, or can they be learned? And the argument that they have to be learned, I believe, was that you can't perform an act of courage without knowing that you're performing an act of courage. In other words, you're willfully going towards something that causes you fear, and that's admirable. You know, that's virtuous. That is courage. It's a virtue that you kind of have to, to some extent, be aware of. And as I was saying, if you take this hypothetical act, if it's virtuous in that way, it's being done out of compassion. It's not you doing something that scares you just because it scares you. For example, if bungee jumping, right? Is that a courageous act? Well, perhaps. I mean, it's definitely a good exercise towards embracing something that, that terrifies you. But is it purely courageous. Well, it's not being done for anybody else. There's no altruistic motivation behind that. So I think this is where it's suggested that compassion plays a role in it. I believe it was in the Taoist things I've been studying where the suggestion was that compassion is one of the requirements of converting knowledge into wisdom. And speaking of wisdom, uh, I guess along the same lines of making the decisions that will help us live a life directed towards becoming a mentor, I also started thinking back on a book that I read a number of years ago called To Be a Man, which is kind of set up as a series of essays. And one of them that really struck me was one by, I believe it was one by Wera, uh, uh, Warren Farrell. And he was expressing the importance of gamesmanship in terms of socializing men and how rules and pursuit of winning are so fundamental to the developing good character of man. And this has more to do with than just winning and losing. It has to do with fairness and sticking to the rules and cooperation. And that's that's an interesting aspect of it, and it falls interestingly into the idea of aggression I was talking about before and how it's purposeful aggression within the bounds of the rules. And I think that's something that, as men, we definitely need is very defined boundaries and a respect for those boundaries. And one of the aspects of courage would be protecting those boundaries. And I believe it's enacting integrity when we're protecting those boundaries from ourselves and from our own impulses and, and passions and desires that need to be suppressed in order to maintain those boundaries. And we're taking on the role of a protector when we're protecting those boundaries from outside forces. So when we think about all this, it demonstrates that it's no small thing to be strong enough to withstand the forces we're trying to defend against when they're coming from outside and inside, and all of this in an attempt to be admirable. Now, if we had it on our mind all the time, 
that what I'm doing here is not just for myself, it's for those watching me. I think it might be a little bit easier to do, but unfortunately that's not often in our mind. Usually we're more consumed with how difficult the challenge at hand is. And this brings to mind the discussion that was coming up before about when is it ideal slash optimal to seek the path of least resistance versus staying strong to the course no matter how difficult it becomes. And of course every situation is going to be slightly different, so I guess this is where maturity tends to help us to know what to do. Although I will admit the word maturity is one that I'm not crazy about because it just implies that you're old. Just because you're old doesn't mean you're wise, so maybe better than the word maturity, maybe I'll qualify that by saying I mean experience coupled with learning. So enacting all of this, I know I've said a lot there, but trying to whittle it down to its essence and the idea of building the courage to not give a shit about how other people see you, to some extent anyway, because I guess feedback is probably helpful as well, or can be. But a practice that I found to be very helpful in this pursuit was the idea of making a mental image of yourself, but not necessarily as you are today, as you would like you to be. And I believe the wording was to make an image of yourself that you love. That idea of loving your future self I find to be very interesting. Because we often hear about, you know, love yourself, love yourself, but why do we have to love our flawed self? Why can't we love the version of us that we are moving towards? Because that, to me, is much more helpful than trying to say, I'm okay as I am. Because chances are you're not. And if you are content and happy with where you are, you probably have so little motivation that you're a slug. So I think it's much better to create a vision of yourself as clearly as possible. And it's still you, but it's a better you. Shifting this a little bit into the idea of physical development, the idea of a coach comes to mind. And we can enact this by consciously improving our form. This is something that I've been doing specifically with squats, uh, but with everything else, I guess, too, is really focusing on improving my form every workout. So with squats, it's nice. I can really pay attention. I think the trap we fall into sometimes is trying to lift more weight and more weight, whereas you're still improving if you, say, increase your range of motion or control the tempo a little better. I mean, that's still an improvement, so we have to remind ourselves of that so that we can get to the point where we feel confident enough in sharing this with the young men, such as the one I mentioned a few episodes ago who was doing something to hurt his lower back while doing a bent-over row. Now, unfortunately, with physical training, you get a lot of people jumping into the role of a personal trainer who ought not to be, um, and, and a lot of this has to do with the kind of Instagram world we live in, as well as at gyms, the, just simply the way they do it. They, they hire people as sort of salesmen, and they pitch their services, and they try to outsell their 
colleagues. So I think I can leave that there. Unless something amazingly profound comes to mind, this is going to be my last episode of 2019 and the last episode of season one. I'll just leave you with this, just a couple key points to maybe leave as recommendations in the pursuit of becoming a mentor. I did want to finish it off with being a mentor because, like I said, it's sort of what we're what we're ideally striving towards, and all the ideas that I've talked about so far are building blocks towards that. I would say that a good way to work towards this is to work on building your confidence, to trust in your own abilities, and, and practice. Practice, it's called exposure therapy, but it's essentially practice gently exposing yourselves to things that you find scary, things that you can overcome, and overcome them. That's how you build up courage. Um, there's some good practices if you find yourself in scary situations you can do in, in terms of practicing breathing, focusing on your breathing. Drink water, that's another trick from the, uh, the armed forces. I'm also going to be publishing a, uh, a blog post soon because I've been going through all the older episodes and I wanted to kind of make a top 10. I thought it'd be fun to say, to, to go through and see even now which are my favorite episodes. So I'm going to be listing that on my blog. Uh, what's the address? I think it's Sean the Buffer at WordPress, something like that. I can't remember the exact address, but that's what it is. So I don't know if this one will make the cut, but yeah, go have a listen uh, to, to some of my favorites and maybe you'll be able to pick some gems out. And... That is it for now.